Hello, and welcome to the Sea Road Community Podcast. We are currently on part two of our three-part series, and if you haven't checked out last week's episode, Let's Talk Community with Pastor Justin, you should definitely check that out today. On today's episode, Let's Talk Accountability, I will be talking with Pastor Jason about some exciting heavy, hard, and freeing concepts that I'm hoping at the very least gives you some encouragement and ideas as you follow Jesus this week. Okay, so without further ado, I want to welcome Pastor Jason, who is sitting, I'm going to move even further, over six feet away from me right now. This is like eight and a half feet away. (laughs) That's probably, yeah, that's probably true. So I'm just going to jump right in, if that's okay with you. Um, My first question for you is this. In your opinion, how has COVID affected our relationships? So maybe touch on all the relationships from like, not all the relationships, there's a million out there, but like from close-knit family to friends to acquaintances, you know, how has it affected umbrella, the umbrella effect? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I think the effect has been massive. In fact, I don't think we're going to find out all the intricacies and implications of how deep the effect was until even years from now, Uh, from a sociological level, an emotional level, an intellectual level. Um, Yeah, in your family group settings, in your friendship settings, in your neighbor to neighbor relationship, like never before in history have we lived through the fact that our neighbor could be the enemy. They could be the carrier <laughs> yeah. that, that takes us out and takes us down. So I think yeah. it's been a massive shift overall from a cultural perspective. Yeah. And I think about how just we're so, our, our best friends, we think we're so close. We do everything. If we feel distant from our best friends, then how much more distant do we feel from the average person that we used to just say hi to on a Sunday or absolutely yeah. or on the street. And, yeah, exactly. and even now our best friends are, yeah. we're a little bit hesitant, like, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, best friend, who else have you been talking to? Yeah. Who else have you been associating with? Yeah. What germs are you bringing <laughs> into our relationship? You know, yeah. all those different things. Yeah. Baggage is one thing. Used to only be emotional reality. Yeah. Now there's a physical reality yeah. that we're living through. That's very, very different. Yeah, that's so true. So in relation to that, all of our relationships have changed completely. I mean, in every way, I would say. Um, How do you think this has impacted the church? Like the greater church, our local church, but the greater church as a whole. How have our changing relationships affected the church? That's a great question. I think two things. I think uh, lots of churches have seen this new season as a an accelerator for change, for growth, for innovation, yeah. for thinking outside of the box, mm-hmm. for perhaps being obedient to Jesus <laughs> for the very first time. And at sometimes it's also been a, like a, a like a mirror yeah. where it's really revealed to us mm-hmm. the absence of something. Yeah. You know, if we've been really dependent as a community on the only time we feel like we're growing in our faith or our relationships is seeing each other in person on a Sunday or a Saturday or Thursday night service or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that was our only outlet. No, it needed to be much broader than that, much more than that. And uh, I really think it's, it's allowed us to dig back down to the foundation of why we are even connected. Yeah. And, and move yeah. from that framework. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, it's it's easy to think about what the church has lost in this time. It's easy to think about all of the, the ways that we can't do things the way we used to, sure. the things that yep. we used to look forward to and anticipate. And some of us, that's what we lived for, is just the anticipation of the events coming up. Sure. Um, and all of that has changed. But 
yeah, I think it's so true to think about who are we in isolation? Like, what do we want um, to be known for and who do we want to be in our souls? Because that's where we're spending most of our time is isolation. And so we carry out into the world what is in our hearts. And so I think there's a lot of really... um, gruesome digging up of who we are and the sure. things that we're yep. finding in ourselves that we're like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize how bad this was. I didn't know this was there yeah. because we don't spend a lot of time alone and being not distracted. So I think that's, that's cool. We have the the positive side of the church being innovative and having to do our best to figure things out. We know that in groups we're, we're meeting online, we're meeting outside, we're doing everything we can to meet. Um, but even on a personal level, it's done really cool things to, to our, our personal relationships with Jesus. <laughs> Which, Absolutely. And yeah. I think another thing, if I can add to that, Hannah, yeah. is, um, you know, we're really rediscovering that simple is actually sexy, yeah. if I can say it like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, we live yeah. in a complex world, a complex society. Yeah. I mean, even what we're being shared in terms of information about this pandemic is complex in nature. Yeah. There's a lot for us to digest. But when it comes to Jesus, it's, it's actually really quite simple. Yeah. It's profound as we put it into practice, but yeah. it's simple. And there's beauty in simplicity. Yeah. And I think we're really rediscovering that from a cultural, deep-down perspective, yeah. what's truly important. Yeah. And in that simplicity, there's a lot of freedom as well yeah. to kind of let go of things that we used to do yeah. that just aren't beneficial anymore. Yeah, totally. I think about, too, not just on a spiritual or emotional or social level, but on a physical level of, you know, I, I've always loved campfires, but I've never loved campfires more than during COVID because it's the simple joys in life when Absolutely. you're able to gather in a weird way with friends, like campfires have never been so incredible yeah. in my life. So it's, it's thinking of, yeah, we're making everything more simple and we're more thankful for the air in our lungs. We're more thankful for literally everything exactly (laughs) we've been living through a reality where we no longer can do everything yeah but we can still do something yeah and that something is becoming more valuable to us more precious and and more beautiful yeah i agree that's that's awesome well this podcast might be even more hopeful and exciting than i originally thought when i was coming up with these questions not that accountability isn't super exciting because it is Mm -hmm. um but there's definitely heavy themes interwoven in there and and painful um, journeys and stories and shame. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting topic, but I'm excited about how um, high energy this has already started because <laughs> we're both able to to spin COVID into a positive direction, but it's true too. These right. are all things that we have been living in and, and feeling on um, virtual level of Jesus teaching us as a staff and as a church that he is still good even in the midst of of COVID chaos. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so let me just think of my next question here. How do you see the present reality of our responses relationally? Like how we're able to interact with one another affecting our relationships in the future? Mm. That is a great question. Um, so I, I think how I'm going to answer that is I think we're rediscovering what accountability is all about. Yeah. If I can say it like that. Yeah. And so typically when we've heard that that word accountability previously, it's been more heavy handed mm-hmm. and there's somebody that's going to call me out on something yeah. and it's going to feel like a very life sucking moment. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of synergy there. Um, but, but I think that this whole COVID reality has kind of invited us to, to reshape what that looks like. Yeah. So now checking in with one another or holding each other accountable isn't 
isn't about like what we should or shouldn't do, but more like how are we doing or how are we growing or yeah. how are we maximizing mm-hmm. what limited or perceived limited opportunity yeah. we do have. And so I think that's shifting. Yeah. And I think there'll be a, a return to wanting more of that authentic relationship mm-hmm. post COVID as well. Yeah. You know, because you're going to want people in your life that inspire you. Yeah to make the most out of whatever you're going through, even in the tough, dark times, not to minimize your pain, but to sit with you right in the ash, so to speak, and to uh, learn to breathe with you there and breathe with you and move with you forward from that space. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the limited opportunities that we've had to gather have just created that sweetness of, okay, we we don't necessarily want to see a a million people on a shallow level um, as many times as we possibly can throughout the week. We want to have meaningful relationships and make the most out of it. Um, At one point you and I talked about just how, you know, I I was feeling like I was struggling and I, I, I have all these people's burdens on me. And I'm like, I don't know, like how to explain to other people, like I'm hurting too. And like, I think it comes down to that whole like grace upon grace. Like I think we're learning in this period, there's not one person who will leave COVID unscathed, if that's the word. Like there's not one person who is not, in your wife's words, Bonnie has said, like unbruised, right? So we've all been so affected. And I think the key to all of this taking it into the future is to just remind ourselves like we we need so much grace for each other because we have no idea what the, that person's going through absolutely um, and as pastors we can know a little bit more about what some of our community members are going through because that's the kind of the role that we play in helping people out of that but your average person in the community isn't going to know what all these different people are going through the depression they feel or the anxiety they're dealing with or the the grief or the loss they've experienced um, so yeah, that's been a big lesson for me is just a ton of grace, just grace upon grace for everybody. Um, because we don't know their story. That'd be super helpful for us to like embrace and remember because, yeah. you know, it's kind of like those moving boxes. Maybe you've seen them on the side they've got written or the top fragile yeah, yeah. handle with care. Mm-hmm. If we could adopt that mindset, I think that really speaks to what it means to love and live like Jesus. Yeah. You know, Jesus would handle with care. And sometimes yeah. that care was a little bit more intense yeah. than maybe we would have thought, but it was still purposeful yeah. and intentional along the way. Yeah, definitely. So um, last week we talked about friendships that are rooted in faith. We talked about that with Pastor Justin and why it's really important to be surrounded by community in whatever that looks like. So what are some characteristics we should look for in a godly friendship? And how do we be a godly friend ourselves? Brilliant. Um, I'll, I'll simply say it like this. Uh, be what you want. Mm. So if you want somebody that uh, in a friend that is, is honest and trustworthy, yeah, be that kind of a person. Yeah. So look for the character qualities and people that you want in yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't know too many people that are like, I want to be the worst friend in the world. <laughs> like all of us want good friends. Yeah. We want to be around good people. And so we have to be that kind of a person. Yeah to attract that kind of a person around us. Yeah. Uh, so humble, trustworthy, honest, generous, whatever it is that you're looking for. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to find all those things in one person. Yeah. yeah and so your true. friendships might be different. Mm-hmm. You might be like, oh, these are the people that really help me to learn about, 
I don't know, a parenting, for example. Yeah. And I, there's this something about the way they connect with their kids that inspires me. Yeah. And I always think about that in terms of friendship. Like a friend should be somebody that inspires you. Yeah. And, I like that. You know, it's not a competitive thing but you want to be like them mm-hmm. nike had this phrase way back in the day like be like mike oh yeah I remember, remember that? that yeah yeah. you were probably like just Little. out of diapers i was a toddler yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but everybody wanted to be like mike and it yeah. meant buy nike shoes yeah buy nike shorts buy whatever yeah. yeah but it's the same sort of concept when you're thinking about friendship yeah if you are living a life that that people are inspired by not because of the stuff that you have yeah like screw that like oh they got a they got a boat i want that i want that that's what i want no you don't want sure it's nice to have friends that have things but if those friends have no character (laughs) you're not going to be in their world very long because they're going to quickly dispose of you and find somebody else yeah because that's what they do with their lives yeah so you want to find those people that have some substance to who they are yeah right so again mercy thankfulness, a gentleness about them, whatever it is that you want to be shaped and inspired by. I like to use the Galatians, um, I think it's chapter five, the fruits of the spirit, when I'm Mm. looking for people to connect with. And sometimes I call them people of peace, Mm. right? People who want to learn symbiotically in a relationship with one another. Yeah. Uh, So just stuff like that. Yeah, I like that. I think one of the biggest, I don't know, I, I don't know if I'd call it complaints, but things that are mentioned to me that are like, I just can't find anyone that I can be honest with or that I can, you know, um, share my struggles with or whatever. But I think it, the same thing is true there. Like you have to be willing to be vulnerable if you want a friend who's also vulnerable with you and you have to be willing to go to some hard places if you want that type of depth. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today, talking about accountability. So, um, just what does accountability mean to you? Mm. And if you could just define it in in your best words, that would be awesome. Because that's it's an intangible phrase. I was just talking to a group leader earlier today. Um, and they were just saying, you know, I think we a lot of us misunderstand accountability. And it's not keeping account of. It's not just, like you said, heavy, heavy-handed, whacking people across the face saying, you messed up, you did this again, and it adds to the shame, and you go back and you do it again, and you just go through this motion of confessional you know, experience. It's not that. It's so much more than that, um, but we have under-talked about it in the church. I think we vaguely mention it just enough to get people curious, but not enough to give people a next step, I think. Um, so... How would you define it in your own words? That is a great question. I think I'm going to say that after every question you ask me. <laughs> I was like, this might be the sixth time you said that, but <laughs> feeling real good or just... <laughs> I'm buying yeah. myself time, right, yeah. to think. <laughs> um, I'll use two C words. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, accountability is about connection mm. and contribution. Mm. I like so that. So moving forward, um, like when I was a young boy and stuff like that, I... I wasn't drawn to the sports that were individual in nature. Okay. Like I've played golf and that's cool. And for some of you that are really avid golfers, that's awesome. But for me, I was like, well, I don't want to pay money to chase a little white or yellow ball or green ball around this <laughs> yeah. thing where it, it doesn't seem to go where I want it to go. And, yeah. you know, six hours later, my family's like, where are you? Are you coming home? That kind of yeah. stuff. Um, tennis wasn't a big thing for me, although I think the sport's beautiful all that stuff. I was really drawn to this team sports. Mm-hmm. So anything crazy Canadian like curling, 
to, to baseball, yeah. football, soccer, badminton even, because yeah. doubles, not singles, like yeah. the doubles, yeah. volleyball, basketball, mm-hmm. hockey. And what you had in those type of environments were those two things. You had connection yeah. Yeah. and contribution. And every person mattered in that type of yeah. environment. If, for example, you're playing basketball, let's say, and you had five players on the court against five players on the court, like yeah. regular basketball rules. Yeah. If you had one of your team members that refused to play defense and they would just stay by the mm-hmm. uh, the, the opponent's net waiting for the ball to come down, yeah. they wouldn't be providing a good contribution to the overall continuity of the team. Mm-hmm. So when you think about accountability, it's the same thing. If you've got somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to be your accountability partner, but they're never contacting you, (laughs) never following through, or they're only ever asking of you and never contributing anything to the relationship. That's not accountability. That's just correction. Mm -hmm. And that's a different C word. And we actually have prison systems built Mm -hmm. on correction. (laughs) So we don't want that kind of accountability. And then the other connection thing, you want to have something in common. Mm-hmm. An affinity of some kind. Yeah. Uh, and our, our world in general is really good at finding pockets of this type of community all over the place. Yeah. We're built on it from our allegiance of what type of fan we cheer for mm-hmm. or what store we buy coffee from. You know, we can be uh, associated with an entirely group, different group of people based on our connection. Yeah. But for me, you've got to have those yeah. both two qualities in an accountability type structure, connection and contribution yeah. of equal portions. Yeah, I really like that. I never really thought about the sports analogy piece of that, but I think I think of just the the concept of being in the trenches with somebody and I'm I'm thinking back to all my basketball days of just running suicide after suicide. Sure. Yep. And when you know you're in it with other people, it's not as terrible. You know, yep. I mean it is terrible. You still, still could stinks. end up puking in the garbage 100%. can after. Yep. Um but it's it's that concept of we're all trying to make each other better yep. and we're in this together. Yep. Um and I think that's a beautiful picture of what the church should be is we're all running suicide sprints next to each other. We're all trying to get in shape together in in our spiritual lives, in our whole lives, um, and we're all running toward the prize together, and we're yep. running this race. And like that's yeah, that's a that's a great picture of and what it is. To add to that, what I would say is our contribution, um, connecting with or matching our uh, consumption. Yeah. So our, when we're consuming in a relationship, we're always taking yeah. and taking and taking mm-hmm. and taking. And that could be our experience with church, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we, we go to church to be filled up. We go yeah. to a group to be filled up. We go yes. to an accountability relationship meeting to be filled up. Yeah. But then what are we bringing to the table? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we a bucket filler yeah. or just <laughs> yeah. a bucket drainer? Yeah, totally. That's a great way to look at it. I think that's... Not only super helpful, but probably super convicting for some of us. Just hearing that and being like, okay, we we've got we've got to be contributors to the gospel and to one another and build each other up. Um, so we've touched on this a little bit already, but how has accountability affected you specifically? Uh, massive. Without accountability, I would not be in the place that I am. Yeah. Um, I I think about affectionately. I referred to them as my five guys. Uh, so one of my nicknames growing up was Frizz, based on my last name, Frizzell. Yeah. People were like, oh, let's just shorten it, call you Frizz. Um, and so I used to call them five guys and Frizz. So <laughs> these five guys would invest in my life uh, at uber degrees. Um, yeah. I'll talk specifically about my buddy Dan. Dan was a guy that met with me for breakfast every week for like 
three, four years. Wow. And he would buy most weeks. Like he would buy breakfast. And what Dan was doing was investing in me as a young person. And I just wanted to learn to pray like Dan would pray. Yeah. Like there were bonuses. Like he was a former pastor's kid and I was a young dad and wanted to pick his brain about that. Mm -hmm. He had served on boards before. I wanted to pick his brain about that. He had, um, you know, walked through some just different challenges in his life. Yeah. And I wanted to pick his brain about that. All of these things. Yeah. And it was massive for me to have Dan invest in me in that way, but also encourage me to learn and grow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And sometimes he'd be like, hey, Jason, you know, I, I saw you write this on social media and I'm really curious about why you would choose phrasing like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or why did you post that? Or... Um, it seems like you have some conflict with this individual. Mm. Uh, maybe you should kind of go connect with them and sort it out together. Yeah. So without that, without those people building into my life at different points along the way, I probably wouldn't be following Jesus. Yeah. Like I, I'd be doing something else maybe. Yeah. I don't know and I don't want to know. Yeah. Right. I just yeah. want to be thankful for that accountability that I had yeah. moving forward. And it was more than just you know, making sure that my browser history was clean. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. It was people who actually were connected with me and they were contributing to my life yeah. and calling out contribution from from me mm -hmm. into them. Yeah. Like, like Dan would be like, I love how you pray for my kids. And I'm like, yeah. what? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even think I'm good at that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it became this symbiotic relationship, yeah. us together, rather than a top-down type accountable yeah. Yeah. more structure that we're maybe used to in a business world. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I think two things came to mind when you were talking. One was just, you know, you've always used, since you've, you know, been our, our boss here at Sea Road, <laughs> um, you've always used the term person of peace. And I just, I love that, um, just that concept. And I think it it brings up different imagery for each person. You know, sure. for me, yep. I'm just, I'm I'm picturing a person who, yeah, embodies, um, like you said, a lot of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. Um, but you just, you know, you know in your soul who you can trust and who you can rest in. Um, and I think God gives us that discernment through the Holy Spirit. Sure. Um, and I, I think of those people of peace in my life, mm -hmm. and I just think about how my soul rests there, you know, mm -hmm. and I just can... I can look at them and just feel relieved that I don't have to be on my guard as much. Of course, you're always on your guard to some extent being like um, just careful in life, I guess. But sure. um, just, yeah, you can you can let your guard down a little. You can just be yourself and um, no judgment zone. Mm -hmm. And just there, it's just a breath of fresh air, a person of peace. Um, another thing that came to my mind is just one of my best accountability relationships had, has been one of my best friends from college. And mm -hmm. I just remember entering into that relationship, breathing a sigh of relief and being like, I've been looking for this my whole life. You know, mm. I just needed somebody to, yeah, come alongside me in the trenches. Yep. And it didn't matter if it felt like big sins or little sins or anything in between. It was never just a correctional. Let's let's write this on a list and and confess it every time. It was like, I can come to you about the good and the bad. I can rejoice and weep with you. And I think that's what the Bible's calling for when we learn about accountability. It's, it's doing all those things together. And that's, yeah. you know, like Jesus, we call him the friend of friends, right? Yeah. The best friend you could ever have. Yeah. Well, Jesus loves us so much that he isn't going to leave us right where we are. Yeah. And that's the same thing when you're looking about looking for accountability or yeah. or pursuing it. Like you're looking for people 
that are going to contribute something to you that yeah. that changes you yeah. for the better. Yeah. Not for the worse, mm-hmm. but for the better. To become, yeah. in our case, those of us who follow Jesus, to become more like Jesus. Yeah. So if you're in an accountability relationship <laughs> and they're not yeah, yeah. causing you to be, be more like Jesus, yeah. that's not an accountability no. relationship. That's no, a dictatorship. Yeah. And and that's just gonna bring death in your world yeah or it's just you um finding those loopholes with each other and just you know able to um yeah let down your guard too much with people who aren't the right people (laughs) and you're you're not bringing each other up yeah Yeah. you're just it's feeding off of itself and that's never a healthy thing so yeah that's that's a really good point of clarification um just a couple more questions but i'm just very curious um what, what are just one or two things you would tell someone who's just really struggling right now? It could be in their faith or in their relationships or in their mental health. Just a word of encouragement. Um, this phrase is overused, but it's true. You are not alone. Yeah. You are not alone. And the greatest lie that the enemy has convinced us of Mm -hmm. is that we are isolated and alone, even when we're supposed to be self-isolating. Yeah. Right? We believe this lie, hook, line, and sinker, that we are alone in our pain and our frustration. Yeah. Nobody can ever identify with what I'm going through. Nobody would ever love me because of what I've done. Yeah. Nobody would ever care. Nobody would ever notice if I was gone. Any yeah. of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I would say you are not alone. You're not alone. There is value and purpose for mm-hmm. your life. God loves you. And there are people who you may not yet know who have been created to love you. Yeah. As friends, yeah, in accountability yeah. and in community, yeah, totally. That's awesome. It's, I'll I'll say this again later, but um, in my conclusion, just for like, hey, it's been great being with everybody. I literally just end with, you are not alone. So mm. I think oh, that, fine. yeah, it's just a cool little. Uh, we didn't plan this, guys. We didn't rehearse anything. This is all spontaneous. <laughs> so if you're hearing any ums, forgive us. But um, it's that's just really that cool. was like um number seventy two. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, so, oh, I just, yeah. uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're just going to hear like crazy laughing. So, I'll say so instead of um right now. Uh, oh, no, okay, I guess we got to go some of that. <laughs> what do you think one practical next step would be for someone listening today who is struggling with addiction or hidden sin or just in general, like I know I need accountability as a follower of Christ because I want to be a better version of myself in order to to live for Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a challenge because that's it could be a lot of different yeah. types of people. And honestly, it's finding that ridiculous courage that you're going to need yeah. to to be a, a vulnerable. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I was going to say that earlier, mm. but um, in the absence of vulnerability, we believe lies. We yeah. believe lies yeah. like we're the only one that's ever struggled with something like this. Mm-hmm. Nobody can ever help me. Nobody can ever love me, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You've got to find it. And, and it's going to, it sucks because in the pursuit of accountability, there's pain along the way. Yeah. There is pain along the way because you might share something with somebody that you wish you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes back to the, okay, what are you looking for in a friend? So if you're like, oh man, I'm struggling with addiction or mental health or a secret sin, 
find somebody in your world that you look up to. There's got to be one person. Yeah. All of us have at least one person yeah. that we look up to mm-hmm. and reach out to that person. Yeah. Um, hopefully that person is somebody who knows Jesus. Yeah. And if they truly know Jesus, they will make time to at least hear what you have to say. Yeah. And maybe they won't necessarily be your accountability friend to move forward, but maybe they'll connect you with somebody yeah. who could be. Definitely. Maybe they'll suggest like even... Even, um, you know, some crisis intervention like counseling, yeah. that could be a great place to start yeah. when you need accountability. Yeah. Is that a counselor? That's a very great practical step. Really yeah. practical step. Mm-hmm. So if you can't reach out and fo- phone somebody or text somebody in your contacts yeah. on your phone that you're like, oh, they could be that person for me. Yeah. We could go for a walk, have a virtual coffee, have a physically distanced coffee or something yeah. like that. Um, then try reaching out to a counselor. That's a next great space. And in the absence, if I could say this, of those two things, it might be finding the courage to join a group. Yeah. Right? A group that maybe is going to go a little bit deeper than just a a surface study of some kind. So if if you're struggling with addiction, maybe it's like a a step program community. Right, yeah. we've got those at Centennial Road. Yeah, we've got step groups, but they could be something else as well. Yeah, um, it's just it's just going like, man, yep, I'm broken and I need some help. Yeah, definitely. And people will they'll respond to that. Yeah, they will. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, the enemy wants us to completely believe the lies that Correct. we you know we have to live in the shame and and shame and sadness and loneliness and isolation just thrive in the dark. And when we can bring things to the light, even if it's to to only one person at first, and we're not ready to share our testimony or something on a a larger level, which, you know, that's a whole other topic. But like, if we can get it into the light, you know, God, God can use it and God will shed light and redeem and restore and make new life. And, um, we just, if we allow ourselves and others to live in that darkness, that I mean, there's just no, there's no hope there. There's Absolutely. no life there. Um, yeah. So the enemy would want us to wear shame as a as a a lens through which everything yeah. in our lives gets reinterpreted. Yeah. They want it to be that. That's our label. Mm-hmm. But that's not the label that Jesus has no. for us. Yeah. He uses other words like forgiven mm-hmm. and loved yeah. and cared for yeah. and so many others. Yeah. Um, and, and it begins by your willingness to yeah. step into that light. Yeah. Be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, reach out, phone a friend. Yeah. Uh, pro- phone a professional, you know, and, and, you know, get the care that you need. Yeah. I think this whole conversation has basically been saturated in hope as it is. Um, but what's one thing that God has been recently speaking to your heart about that the others might resonate with? Um, I think the thing that I would talk about is uh, I posted about this on social media the other day. Um, There are times in my life where I've always just celebrated God because of what he can do Mm. and not, not just about who he is. Yeah. And so sometimes I think, especially in our North American culture, we're preoccupied with activity. Yeah. What we can or can't do, what is or isn't yeah. done for us. Yeah. Right. We get mad about those things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe that so and so didn't text me back or didn't yeah. return my phone call or heaven forbid they wore the same outfit as me. Like all those <laughs> yeah. different things. And I think, like, what if we could just sit back and celebrate Jesus for who he is? Yeah. 
right? He does things, but yeah. just for who he is, for his character. Yeah. And, and maybe even those people in our lives as yeah. well. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that's right? so good. Could we do that? Could we be like, oh man, yeah, my, my little toddler, they, <laughs> they pee everywhere and they do this and they do that. And, but can you just be like, but there's such joy there. Yeah. And I want to celebrate the joy in them. Yeah. I wonder if we could be that kind of people that look for the good in other mm-hmm. things and, and, yeah. and others. Assumes the good. And, and assume yeah. the best about people. I think yeah. that'd be just really life-changing, especially when everything around us is just negative. Yeah. yeah. Pandemic related. Yeah. Right? Definitely. It's just another negative wave. So what if we sat back instead of being afraid of all of that, what is happening and, yeah. and just go like, okay, but what am I really, truly thankful for? Yeah. Uh, the people, the things that God does, but more importantly, who God is. Yeah. That's awesome. That was, that was really cool. Cause yeah, I think it's always challenging to think about who God is instead of just what he does. Um, and I think that's why corporate worship is so helpful too, because so many of the songs are like, God, thank you for who you are, you know, like, and not just thank you for what you've done, which is so helpful and recentering for us. Um, but I love that you brought it up about people too, because that's so accurate. Like we all have the print, uh, the the fingerprint of God on us, you know, and it's more than just what we see in people in the present and how thankful we are for who they are now. But it's also seeing the fingerprint of God on them, knowing that their identity is a child of God. And even more than that, like not more than that, I guess, equal to that, like what God will continue to do through them. And it doesn't, this little hiccup is not big in the grand scheme of things. Like this person is instrumental in the story of, of God using us to, to love the world. Right. So it's just so encouraging to hear that. Um, so the last thing I just want to say is I, I love listening to the Annie Downs podcast. Mm -hmm. And so she always ends on a positive spin. She's like, what do you, what do you like to do for fun? That's like Mm -hmm. her thing. So kind of like that. Um, I just wanted to, to end with another positive spin. We've been positive the whole time. So it probably is not even necessary, (laughs) but what has your favorite part of COVID been? Um, and rephrasing that, what has been the most unexpected blessing in your life, um, since COVID began? Uh, my favorite part of COVID, uh, slowing down and soaking up every single moment of watching my kids grow. Yeah. Right. So different experiences. I mean, Layla taught herself how to swim. (laughs) Watching her do that is amazing. You know, a four-year-old should not be able to swim in 12 feet of water without a life preserver. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody, we didn't go to lessons. She just figured it out on her own. And we didn't tell her that she shouldn't be able to do that (laughs) because then it would have ruined it. Right. So that that's been really positive. And then learning again, to be really thankful for what we can do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, in our world that we live in, we're, we're so used to just endless opportunities and options. Yeah. And then when they get stripped away from us, we can get bitter yeah. and we can get frustrated and we can get angry yeah. and uh, learning to not live from that space yeah. and instead go like, yeah, I understand, but why am I angry? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's just because somebody took my things. Yeah. I never liked that as a kid. Somebody yeah. take my things or play with my toys. Like, whoa, don't break my toys. Yeah. Right. I'm going to yeah. get angry at you. And then it's like, well, but it's just a toy. It's not going to last forever. Yeah. COVID isn't going to last forever. The pandemic not going to last forever. Yeah. And so it's like learning to be thankful of, of what we can do. 
Um, and right now it's spring, so like, let's go. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah. sunshine. Yeah. So that would be my favorite part. Yeah, that's really cool. I think, I mean, there's a million awesome things that have happened that we didn't expect um, because of COVID, but yeah. every personality is going to have, you know, a different thing that really stands out to them. And for me too, slowing down has been a huge one. It's just like, okay, we don't need to have every hour of the day filled in with an amazing social activity. Sure. Um, yep. But also just for me, ironically, it's been able to being able to actually experience my negative emotions a little bit more, being mm. able to be like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be um, frustrated that things have been let go. And some some people listening might need to hear that because, you know, as much as we put a positive spin on this and God will use COVID and yep. use us in every setting, um, he also wants us to recognize that like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to bring all of that to him. Yeah. Um, and for me, that was a big lesson that I had to learn is like, okay, I can, you know, I got to sit in this a little bit mm-hmm. and God is still going to move and he's still going to work. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome to hear everybody's different stories of how mm-hmm. COVID's affected them and what they've learned. Um, but that's, that's all I have for you. So if you have any last thoughts, we can finish, but, uh, what do you think? Uh, I would say the other thing that I loved about COVID is the return of takeout. Oh, <laughs> yeah. let's go. Yeah. I mean, every restaurant is like a master at takeout now because they've had to be. So let's do this, right? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank <laughs> you for joining us. And uh, we will hear from Faye next week, which I'm super excited about. Right on. And yeah. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. <laughs> Bye. It was so great having Pastor Jason on today. Again, if you haven't checked out last week's episode, Let's Talk Community with Pastor Justin, you should go listen to that one as well. Next week, I'll be interviewing Faye Croswell, and I'm so excited for you to hear that one. Thanks for listening and joining us today on Sea Road Community Podcast. Feel free to share this link with friends, and we look forward to hearing what you think in the comment section. Have a great week, and remember, you are not alone. He is with you always. Just a castaway.